Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Our guest today is Brent Lakeman. We want to dig into the current hype around hydrogen. A recent study by Ernst & Young called hydrogen a 2.5 trillion global opportunity. Countries and regions around the world are looking to capitalize on this global opportunity, and hydrogen will play a key role in helping countries meet their net zero commitments. Here in Canada, it's expected that hydrogen will be be 30% of our future energy mix. Brent has been working on clean energy initiatives for three decades and has extensive experience forging partnerships between government and industry. Brent's been heading up the hydrogen initiative at Edmonton Global for about a year now, and he's working to ensure the Edmonton metropolitan region is recognized as a world leader in hydrogen. Hi, Brent. Thanks for joining us. Uh, How are you doing? Hi, Sherry. I'm doing really well today. Hi, Brent. Um, why don't we start? Can you start telling uh, by telling us a little bit about your career journey? How did you get into hydrogen and, and clean energy? Sure. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. And it's not a typical uh, journey in some ways. Uh, clean energy certainly wasn't a big focus when I was going to school, um, whether it's, you know, my high school years or my university time. I, I actually have a background in political science and public administration. So so my first focus was actually on in things like intergovernmental relations, how governments you know communicate with each other and, and engage each other. Um, but environment and climate change, you know, those really emerged, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago as really challenging and important intergovernmental issues and probably some of the most pressing ones of our time, you know, whether it's federal provincial relations or international relations. So that really quickly led to um, you know, being involved in some of the early conversations around climate change, whether it was the original uh, convention in Rio way back in 1992, when we first started talking about climate change agreements, and then things like the Kyoto Protocol. And that was a really challenging time for Alberta's relationship uh, with the federal government on how we were going to go about greenhouse gas emission reductions. So really that one thing led to another and, uh, you know, that just led to being more involved in some of the action plans that the province put together on climate change. And then things like carbon capture and storage really became critical in that overall conversation. Those are some key contributions that we can make here towards greenhouse gas emission reduction. So I had the pleasure to have some opportunity to work with some of the leading scientists in the world at the Alberta Research Council at the time that became Alberta Innovates and InnoTech Alberta. So really fortunate to, you know, have an opportunity to contribute to some really interesting opportunities in clean energy. So, you know, I started in, in this area of political science and intergovernmental relations, but really the message is that, you know, things like climate change and clean energy, they draw on disciplines, you know, whether it's engineering or science, but other disciplines like the legal profession, business, accounting, uh, engagement, uh, you know, research, obviously, and innovation. So there's so many opportunities for people to be involved in clean energy. Yeah. So I've heard people say that hydrogen's been talked about in this province previously. So maybe in that time period that you're talking about, maybe 30 years ago. Uh, is that true? And, and, it, and if it is, what's different now? 
Yeah, um, I mean, hydrogen isn't new. We often talk about, you know, we've been through some of the, the hydrogen talk over the last several decades. We've gone through maybe some false starts in some cases. And I think it is a different time now. And uh, I think it's really because of the the focus on net zero greenhouse gas emissions uh, that we're hearing internationally within Canada, within our key industries here. And and that really makes hydrogen, you know, much more important and a little more timely now that we, we do start to focus on it now, because it's not about making incremental improvements uh, I mean, that that has been the approach historically. Let's kind of improve by, you know, two, five, ten percent. But now we see the yardsticks are zero uh, net zero emissions by 2050 or around that time frame. Uh, so then we need to look at what what technologies, what energy sources will be important there. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, hydrogen is recognized uh, as really important for some sectors of our economy. There's there's some sectors that will certainly electrify. Um, you know, let's think about, uh, you know, passenger vehicles. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of electric vehicles beginning to uh, enter into the market uh, around the world and then even, even here in Canada. But other sectors, that might be a little more difficult to use electricity. Think about things like long-haul heavy-duty trucking. These trucks are on the road for, for hours and hours. They don't have the access to refueling, uh, to recharging infrastructure. Um, so hydrogen starts to make a lot of sense for some of those sectors uh, or ones that require you know a certain amount of, of heat, uh, cement production, steel right. manufacturing, those sorts of ones. Brent, for our listeners, can you almost just take a little bit of a step back and explain what is unique or special about hydrogen that helps us reach that net zero? Like, can you kind of give us a little like basics or our hydrogen 101? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, hydrogen, when you actually, uh, uh, you know, use it as, a, as an energy source, it doesn't emit any greenhouse gas emissions. So then the key part is how do you produce that hydrogen? Uh, hydrogen is the most abundant uh, uh, atom in really in, 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 on the earth. So really? okay. uh, it, it, it's available, but it's, it's not easy to, to convert into something useful. So it does usually require a fair bit of energy to convert it into something that we can then use in our, in our systems. So that's why you'll hear about, um, you know, creating hydrogen from natural gas. That's actually how most most hydrogen today around the world is produced from natural gas through a process called steam methane reforming. Uh, and then this, there's some new technologies like autothermal reforming that are really, you know, moving that to the next stage uh, and even greening up that entire process or through electrolysis. And, you know, when you're going to school in high school, you might be doing experiments using, you know, splitting, uh, uh, splitting water and converting that into hydrogen. Uh, but that also requires energy, maybe renewable electricity is now a focus for that. So, you know, we, there is hydrogen available, but it's is difficult to convert it into something useful. So right now the focus is if you're going to be moving off of fossil fuels and greenhouse gas emissions uh, or reducing greenhouse gas emissions, you know, you need to look to renewable electricity. You need to look to uh, carbon capture and storage and hydrogen for, again, some of the key sectors that can't make, uh, you know, make use of electricity in an easy manner. Brent, let's talk about the rainbow of hydrogen. So when I look at stories in the media about hydrogen, I'm hearing about green, hydrogen, blue, hydrogen, gray, hydrogen, purple, hydrogen. What do you make of all those colors and what do they mean? Yeah, it gets really confusing really quickly. I mean, I think there's been a, you know, over the past several years, a focus on uh, green hydrogen using renewable electricity. Uh, still early days for that technology. Uh, we can do it at small scale, but really converting that to larger scale opportunities, that, that's still going to be a challenge. Uh, there is some promise that costs will come down, but let's look at how we produce hydrogen today, again, using natural gas. And now with things like carbon capture and storage, we've been doing this in the Edmonton region for over six years now with projects like uh, Shell Quest, where they've been producing 
hydrogen for uh, the oil sands upgrading process and capturing and storing the CO2 over a million tons per year. So this is one of the largest projects in the world. And that's right here in our own backyard. And it's really uh, been uh, generating a lot of attention uh, It's one that the world is watching closely. It certainly moved it from being, you know, considered in some cases, you know, the CCS is a bit of a science experiment, maybe 20 years ago to showing, uh, no, it's not a science experiment. We can do this and we're doing it. And the costs are continuing to come down around carbon capture and storage. So that would be the blue hydrogen that we hear a lot about. Uh, there's other colors now. There's talk about using nuclear electricity or nuclear energy for, uh, for uh, hydrogen production, um, other ways to use natural gas without carbon capture and storage, but those are still very much in the early days. So, you know, there is an opportunity here to make some very um, early moves and and scale up hydrogen production technology through some of the assets that we have right here in our own backyard. Again, uh, available natural gas and significant amounts of CO2 storage potential and experience in doing that. That's really the most important thing is we have experience now that nobody else in the world has the level of experience that we do in uh, Hmm. now net zero hydrogen production. So, Brent, you mentioned using natural gas to produce hydrogen, which then, and and you mentioned the ex- expertise in our province. So, what would this mean for our traditional oil and gas industry? Is it, does it, you know, the hydrogen, is it a good potential for them or would it, is it a threat to our oil and gas industry? Like, what's your take on that? No, I think it's it's really well aligned with our oil and gas industry. So again, you know, we need the natural gas to produce the hydrogen. We need the experience that we have in, uh, you know, geology and engineering. So that same experience uh, for um, uh, producing oil and gas is really useful for carbon capture and storage as well. So, you know, we have incredible experience already. Some of those same systems you put in place, you know, whether it's the pipeline technologies, we can draw on that experience here. So, so hydrogen is a really good fit for our oil and gas sector where, uh, you know, we, there's some training needs and we'll be looking at what are, what are the, um, the priorities for retraining uh, people that may work in the oil and gas sector to support hydrogen, but it's, it's, it's not that difficult of a shift over in many cases. So that's one thing we're really looking at closely is, you know, what are the needs? What's our supply chain of companies? The same supply chain that support oil and gas can also support the hydrogen sector here in the province. So I think it, it is an exciting time. Um, you know, in some respects, it's really just the ongoing evolution of the oil and gas sector. You know, we don't produce oil and gas the same way we did, you know, 70 or 80 years ago. Um, you know, we've seen tremendous uh, improvement and efficiencies in oil and gas. And this is, in my mind, just sort of the next step in that evolution. And what do you see happening in terms of uh, cooperation or alignment among the different levels of government here? Um are they rallying around the hydrogen opportunity? Um, what do you see, knowing your expertise in intergovernment affairs, what, what do you see happening here? Yeah, yeah I, I'm seeing tremendous alignment amongst governments, whether it's municipal governments, our governments within the Edmonton metropolitan region, or provincial governments, provincial governments across Canada, and the federal government, and, and globally as well. We're seeing hydrogen roadmaps, hydrogen strategies being developed, uh, you know, really in, in many jurisdictions across Canada and globally. And I, there's a recognition that we you know we do need to spend some time on this uh, this important uh, uh, resource if we're going to achieve net zero emission reductions. So, you know, there's incredible attention to it globally. Um, you know, countries like 
like Japan, Korea, they see, or South Korea, they see this as a really important part of their energy mix moving forward. They don't have some of the assets that we would have here for, let's say, renewable electricity. So, you know, they're working with the, the federal governments across the world and including in Canada to look at, you know, how we can supply that market in uh, in Korea or in Japan or other parts of the world for that matter. So, Brett, Canada, sorry, I'm just going to jump in there. I'm just going to jump in there. You talked about the energy mix, and I just wanted to maybe ask a little bit more about that. Hydrogen's a part of it. We've heard about nuclear energy too how do you see um the difference between nuclear or hydrogen and how those might both play into the mix yeah well i mean nuclear energy will be important for producing uh you know zero emissions electricity for for sectors there is talk now you may also be able to use nuclear maybe small modular nuclear reactors for hydrogen production in in certain remote locations and i think that's worth pursuing um i think the the point for me, though, is there's some technologies today that can already, you know, allow us to produce net zero hydrogen. You know, think about the Air Products announcement back from June of 2021, where, you know, they're showing there's an evolution to hydrogen production uh, that allows you to really reduce the, the greenhouse gas emissions associated with it. So let's focus on those. Let's continue to also focus on next generation technologies. Nuclear is part of that. But uh, there's, there's a bit of a timeliness issue. We want to be moving quickly. There's an international market we want to be going after as well as far as exports. Um, so that's going to require some, you know, scale up, you know, very soon in order to be competitive with other countries that are trying to export hydrogen to, to markets like Japan and Korea. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know, we have our, our own net zero targets and stuff in Canada, but as you mentioned, there's a global market for it. So we also, we want to export it. So who are our competitors when it comes to producing hydrogen? Are we competing with other countries? We are, yeah. The um, again, Japan and Korea—they've been reaching out around the world to look at who can supply them with um, with hydrogen for their needs. So, looking at places like Australia that can produce hydrogen, you know, as well from natural gas and from renewable. Uh, sources you're looking at the middle east united arab emirates uh you know they're really focused on this market as well and then the united states so you know there are competitors here but we have some cost advantages uh, we are recognized as you know one of if not really the lowest cost low carbon producer globally so we can produce it at a very large scale here given our resources and our, our experience our expertise so you know the race is on to a certain extent uh, it's not going to be something that happens overnight but over the next uh, you know five to eight years Japan put its markers out that they're expecting, uh, you know, jurisdictions from around the world to be supplying them. And uh, we want to be right in there and be one of the earliest uh, exporters of, our, of hydrogen as well to these key markets. So how do we go about exporting it? Um, do we need pipelines? Is it rail, trucking? Like, what are we looking at there? Yeah, and that's one of the big challenges. You know, Alberta is a landlocked province, so how do we move hydrogen out? So there are lots of conversations, lots of industries, you know, or companies looking at these opportunities. There's partnerships being uh, forming between key Japanese companies, for example, and other global players. You know, one one example is um, uh, Shell working with Mitsubishi to look at the export of, of hydrogen to the Japanese market. Uh, Petronas, a Malaysian uh, oil and gas company as well, working uh, closely with a Tokyo out of uh uh, out of Japan, similarly. So some of the focus is on converting hydrogen into ammonia and moving ammonia uh, to those key markets. We do that today already in the, the fertilizer industry, for example. So ammonia is being moved around North America. Uh, so there's an opportunity to leverage that ex that experience. And, and maybe longer term, I think there's opportunities to look at pipeline technologies, whether it's hydrogen, ammonia, other products potentially. 
um, and what some of the the uh, the innovations are there, and uh, how governments really need to work together to look at these key strategic opportunities. Because again, this is a multi-trillion-dollar global opportunity, and we want Canada to be part of that. So it does require that aligned intergovernmental approach that we talked about earlier. And beyond exports, Brent, what's happening to maybe, uh, or is there demand here for hydrogen? Or are we looking at exporting everything? I mean, uh, we talk about how oftentimes Canada is just a commodity uh, nation where we're exporting all of our natural resources. Can there, is there demand domestically though for this product? Yeah, I mean, right now the demand is really for industrial users of hydrogen, and that's historically where we've been here. So, looking at refineries, chemical production facilities, upgraders. So, and and there is some really sh- important shifts in that demand as these companies look towards net zero emissions. So, you know, they're turning to hydrogen as a way to to uh, achieve those targets. So that's why we're seeing, you know companies like Dow make significant investments in this region, you know, up to $10 billion so they can really decarbonize their, uh, their chemical production. So that, that's kind of the more traditional focus area, but now we're seeing some other areas. Again, I've talked about long haul heavy duty trucking. So uh, through the Edmonton region hydrogen hub, there's, there's conversations going on with the Alberta motor transport association. So that's the, uh, the association that really supports the trucking sector and looking at how they will, uh, uh, you know, look at, uh, achieving greenhouse gas emission reductions as well and what technologies will be competitive in the future right now they use diesel but uh, we know with carbon charges uh, clean and clean fuel standards coming up uh, nationally that there will be some shifts there so hydrogen hydrogen fuel cell vehicles also looking at dual fuel vehicles where you can maybe make that more gradual shift from diesel to hydrogen uh, they're taking a really good look at that we're going to see some vehicles on the road in uh, in the edmonton region really coming up later this year with the, wow, the, really? uh, the tech pilot project so there'll be a couple of uh, hydrogen fuel cell trucks going up and down highway two between edmonton and calgary being refueled right here in edmonton um, so that'll be really important to watch. That's important for the sector to be looking at so they can get more comfortable with things like hydrogen vehicles, hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, similarly so, for municipal bus fleets. So things are really moving qu- quite quickly. Um, and that's exciting to hear about. We've been throwing around a lot of numbers about, you know, the 2.5 trillion global opportunity, the $100 billion opportunity for Canada. These are big numbers and it's hard to wrap uh, our heads around probably a little bit, but I'm curious what it means in terms of job creation. Um, can you speak a bit about the potential there and and, and the econo- the impacts that we might see in that way? Yeah, no, and certainly uh, we talk about that, that level of uh, economic activity that does, you know, mean, you know, tremendous impact on jobs. So when we look at the Canadian hydrogen strategy, they talk about a 350,000 uh, jobs being created in this hydrogen sector across Canada. And what we like to say, we're really the, the epicenter of that hydrogen economy right here in the Edmonton region. So we would expect a very significant portion of those jobs to uh, you know, be entering into this market. And we've seen similar studies. Uh, Edmonton Global partnered with Calgary Economic Development and Best Alberta on a uh, energy transition study as well that really identified a similar number. I think it was about 170,000 jobs associated with this clean energy transition. And again, hydrogen being key to that. And that's just you know, within the province. So we're you know, really you know, looking at significant job opportunities here. We're seeing some of these new projects being uh, uh, constructed soon. So a significant number of construction jobs associated with uh, the air products uh, planned announcement and other ones uh, also 
uh, in the region in the coming years. That's really on the construction side and then the operation of these facilities. But now let's think about the use of hydrogen across key parts of the economy. So it moves us into some new areas. You look at the maintenance of these heavy duty vehicles. Um, there'll be some some training of existing people and, and some new opportunities around that or using hydrogen um, in uh, uh, heat and power opportunities across the Edmonton region. So we'll see a whole range of new opportunities emerging over the next 10 years. And it's really about getting ready for those and looking at how we can retrain uh, people that already have a good amount of expertise in, in hydrogen. But mm-hmm. you know, what do they need now to move to that next level? So what are some, um, this sounds very exciting, like exciting potential. What are some key things that the government can do to help this uh, materialize? Yeah, um, you know, I think continuing to work in a very coordinated way, um, you know, between uh, federal governments, provincial governments, municipal governments to support investment attraction. There's some real significant opportunities out there, but we need to be working together and presenting ourselves in a coordinated way to that investment community. You know, I think looking at our policies, our incentives uh, that we have in place, again, federally, provincially, within regions, and how we can ensure we're uh, really coordinated and aligned and sending the right signals. So um, sometimes there's a bit of a a risk that we kind of move into this patchwork quilt approach and you know everyone's trying to do something but they, they're not really thinking about the bigger picture so that's what we're trying to do with the Edmonton Region Hydrogen Hub is take a more coordinated approach to that reaching out to governments and say you know there's really a huge opportunity here but we have to be working together we have to look at building up this initial uh, you know cluster of companies right here in the Edmonton region and you know with that then we can grow that out to other parts of Canada as well but let's look at that where that key opportunity does reside and we think it's here in the Edmonton region. And what about the average citizen, Brent? What can they do to support or promote the transition to hydrogen? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, you know, sometimes his hydrogen might seem a little bit mysterious. You, you think about, you know, almost 100 years ago, and you always hear about that Hindenburg example. And, and I think the really important thing is you need to become more familiar with this technology and recognize that we have a huge amounts of experience right here in the Edmonton region around hydrogen today. We are Canada's hydrogen cluster. So I'm sure people that have been working in the oil and gas sector, they already understand hydrogen to a certain extent. So for me, it's about talking talking to those people that already are working in this sector, get familiar with it, understand it, um, you know, understand what's real and what's not so real around it. Um, and I think it's also just to understand what are the assets that we have here in the region and, you know, whether it's our industries, our geology, our talent, um, you know, understand, you know, what we have to offer here and what we can bring forward, not just to Alberta or Canada, but to the rest of the world. And and also keep an eye on what trends we're seeing globally. So this is a rapidly moving area. You know, we're seeing significant uh, interest in it, whether it's the vehicles that are going to be on the road, the trucks, uh, uh, the bus fleets. So keep an eye on those trends. Uh, you know, I think we're going to be seeing more of that in the Edmonton region as well. We're going to be really bringing in a number of companies and organizations into this market to really, you know, understand where, you know, the plans we have in place and uh, some of the early movements we're going to be making in hydrogen. Awesome. Just really quick, Brent, you did mention a couple of times the Edmonton region hydrogen hub. Can you just let our listeners um, know what that is? Yeah, no, the Edmonton Region Hydrogen Hub, it was created uh, in April of 2021. It's really a partnership amongst a number of organizations, including Edmonton Global, the Alberta Industrial Heartland Association, uh, organization called the Transition Accelerator, which is really you know providing that techno-economic analysis to allow us to understand what's the potential for hydrogen in this region and take a very strategic approach to uh, to partnering, whether it's you know the opportunities in the industrial heartland itself, 
But let's look at other opportunities we also have, uh, you know, around the aviation sector with the Edmonton International Airport. Let's look at uh, opportunities in the oil and gas supply chain uh, out at our industrial parks that can also support the hydrogen economy. So we're bringing it all together through the hydrogen hub and the uh, the leaders that we have within the region to really chart a course uh, forward here and engage other governments uh, uh, so receiving a lot of support, uh, it's really being watched closely by the federal government as it develops the uh, the hydrogen strategy that is rolling out and creates future hubs in other jurisdictions uh, or in the province as it rolls out its hydrogen roadmap as well. So this hubs, these clusters like this are really important moving forward because you need to kind of create that local demand. And that is the challenge right now around hydrogen is how do we accelerate the build out of demand for hydrogen? And that's what, exactly what we're trying to do. Awesome. Thanks, Brent. So how can listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find out more. Uh, certainly uh, get a hold of me. My email is uh, blakeman or blakeman at edmontonglobal.ca. Um, or you can you know find out more on the Edmonton Global website as well. Awesome. Just so our listeners know, it's his name is Brent, Brent Lakeman, but his email is blakeman, but his name is not Blake, it's Brent. <laughs> awesome. Right. Thanks so much for your time Thank today, you. Brent. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Brianna. Thanks, Jerry. Well, I think that was uh, great. Uh, something something I, I really like that he said is that the race is on. Um, and that's kind of how I'm seeing this. I don't want Canada and Edmonton region to get left behind on this uh, big opportunity. Um, and I'm feeling optimistic. So Brent and I actually traveled recently to Ottawa together to talk with the government about the hydrogen opportunity. And all three major political parties are very excited about it and on board. Um, so that really does make me feel optimistic about our, our future here. Yeah, and I think another thing he talked about how, you know, hydrogen isn't new, that it's actually been happening here for a long time. Uh, we've produced 60% of Canada's hydrogen, and he talked a lot, or touched on briefly about um, the Shell Quest facility, which I think is so interesting. So he talked about, I think he said 5 million tonnes of CO2 being captured since um, since it was uh, built in 2015, or since it went operational in 2015, and that actually equates to the annual emissions of about 1.25 million cars. So that's the same as taking 1.25 million cars off the road for a oh, year. Wow. And I think that's significant. Like, that's really exciting. Um, I know Brent's been uh, doing a lot of travel into Europe and the Middle East to share the story of what's going on here in hydrogen. And I, I just think, you know, the, the best is yet to come when we look at our hydrogen economy here. Here, here. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about Economic Development Matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off. <laughs>